0: Today, my featured guest is Kevin White, and Kevin is an author, speaker, and leader. Uh, He is convinced that audacious generosity transforms the world. He's going to tell us what he means by that now kevin's on a mission to empower a culture of generosity throughout the world with his new book audacious generosity and his generosity of God storytelling campaign he'll tell us more about that he is a seasoned pastor and entrepreneur kevin founded with love from jesus ministries in 1999 to distribute essential resources to high need populations The organization continues to carry out its original mission by distributing millions of dollars in resources each year to those who need it most. In 2003, Kevin founded Global Hope India, and he continues to lead the mission-minded organization focused on Indian nationals as its executive uh, director. Now, Kevin has traveled to India over 50 times himself, taking 1,000 people on short-term mission trips to India, so he's well-traveled. And let's see what else. Personally, Kevin and his wife, Shelly, have been married 33 years, BC Nation. They have three adult children and one grandchild. Kevin and Shelly live in Cary, North Carolina, USA. And Kevin, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. And as you know, we stand for Unifying Christians. And there's 120 million Protestants and Catholics in the United States, imagine if we all pointed in the same direction, back to one nation under God. Mm -hmm. Imagine our influence. Imagine our economic impact, how we could sway laws back to God's law. Look what's happening right now because we're divided for 500 years. It's enough. So BC Nation, I just encourage you, unify with your protestant and catholic brothers and sisters we're all on the same team we're all going to end up in the same place stop with the high level theology that doesn't apply to most of our lives now i'm not saying theology is not important it is critical for sure but love is most important love is most important kevin welcome to the show go ahead take
1: uh, 30 seconds fill in some of the gaps in that intro would you joseph thank you so much what an honor it is to be on the show congratulations at being number one on iTunes. That's incredible. Okay. And what a privilege it is. Uh, we have kindred spirits. I champion um, the same drumbeat that you just laid out for us. Um, and I really believe uh, John 17, Jesus's primary theme of that prayer was unity. And we, we desperately need to let uh, ourselves be the answer to that prayer.
0: Amen to that, right? I mean, if the enemy is trying to divide the world right now, he's trying Mm -hmm. to divide Christians and turn us against each other, what should we be doing? Mm. Unifying. We do the opposite of the enemy. We're children of God, people. All right, Kevin, take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your
1: business life actually know. Um, Well, I've been blessed to compete and finish four half Ironman competitions. Um, Half. and uh, so I wear a tattoo. Um, a lot of people say, where did you do your Iron Man?" But I figured after three that I had earned at least one. So I, I went for the tattoo on the back of my calf. Um, but I did two in Raleigh, North Carolina, one in White Lake, North Carolina, and one in Chennai, India. Very few people know that. Um, so I've finished four so far. Wow,
0: that's awesome. I think the math works out for you. So I see yeah, nothing wrong with too. that tattoo. Thank well you. Well done. I probably would have done the same. Oh, we done after two. Yeah, it's two It's brutal. Happens. So yeah, go get your Brutal. Here. I'm not into <laughs> that, man. got to tell yeah. you, it's not my jam. Yeah. All right, Kevin, um, take us back to the beginning. Real quick, we'll go through your, just the childhood experience, were you raised with faith, what denomination, mm-hmm. uh, was there God in the home? And then through your early teen years where most of us kind of like leave God by the wayside and we go get what we want in life. And then we hit rock bottom. And then we come back to him
1: pretty much my story, but go ahead and walk us through that. Yeah, I can say ditto to that outline uh, because you hit the nail on the head. Um, Yeah, I grew up in North Carolina. Uh, Broken was really one of the characteristics of my childhood. Um, And so it's very fitting that God would match us up for this episode on your podcast, Broken Catholic. Um, I was a broken pot Protestant. I grew up in a Southern Baptist home. Um, Nothing against uh, Southern Baptists. Love that heritage. Um, But unfortunately, my experience um, was we we go and receive a lot of information about God. But unfortunately, we didn't really bring him into our home. And um, so my parents' marriage crashed and burned whenever I was 10 years old. And uh, I'm sorry, when I was 12 years old, but fortunately, when I was 10, I did understand the gospel and make a profession of faith and was baptized, basically told I'd done everything that I needed to do to be a Christian, uh, still having no value for the presence of God in our home or in my life. And so, yeah, I struggled a lot in my teenage years to find purpose and meaning in life and trying to uh, find it in everything other than a, a deep personal living relationship with God. It really wasn't until I was in my 30s that I began to understand that. Uh, But I was called into the ministry whenever I was 17 years old and went to college and entered full-time Christian service um, out of of college and uh, have been in full-time ministry now uh, for 30 years. But the first uh, 10 years was very turbulent because um, I was wearing the title even as a professional leader in the church, um, but I really still struggled to understand the whole point of the, the gospel um, and the presence of God being with us um, in, in our lives. Mm.
0: You know what? I really appreciate you going there and so mm. quickly in the show. I mean, what you just said is such a problem in the church. We have people in ministry and clergy leading us, taking the role of shepherd mm-hmm. that don't fully believe the gospel themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's not to put you down in any way. That's just what was so for you. Yeah. And you, like you yeah. said, you're wearing the title, you're wearing the badge, but on the inside, I mean, what was it
1: like? Did you ever feel like a fraud? Um, not, not so much. I, I did feel, not, not like a fake, but I felt empty. Yeah, uh, I had I the information. It. I did not have the revelation, and there's a huge difference between huge the two. difference. I knew all about God, but I wasn't experiencing God. So, um, for me, it wasn't that my belief system was wrong, except I had not understood, no one had ever discipled me, trained me about mm-hmm. having an intimate relationship with God and, and that our whole purpose in life was to pursue him. And so you said earlier, we hit rock bottom. Well, 30 years old, I had worked three years to start a church, a Protestant group of people. And we went from our family of five at the time to a 100 worshipers together. And in the third year, they fired me as their pastor. There was no sexual immorality. There was no misappropriation of funds. It was because I was a deranged workaholic for God that, that could not find enough success in life. And so I would go from one project to the other, and I finally just drove the leaders of this church crazy to the point that they said, something's got to give. And according to the government of that particular church that I was serving, um, you cast a vote to see if you want to keep the pastor or not. And I was voted out. I was fired as the pastor. I look back and it was a very painful experience, but it was one of the best experiences of my life because it forced me to, to really come to a place of realizing I have been climbing a ladder called ministry Um, leadership in the church but it was up against the wrong wall because it was not it was not an experience of God it was it was a work for God instead of a work of God through me and there's a Mm. big difference in that and I was burning out getting angrier at God instead of more in love with him because I really felt betrayed when that when that vote was cast and I hit rock bottom I thought Uh, he had allowed uh, evil to win. And unfortunately, when we had those conflicts, I had such rejection from my childhood. My dad used to yell at me, Kevin, you'll never amount to anything. Well, here I was, 30 years old, playing in a church, proving I'm going to amount to something, by golly. And and I was driving everyone crazy. And if they resisted me, I felt personally attacked. I felt rejected. And I made them the enemy, as you just talked about, how we make each other the enemy. Um, I, I didn't. I never called them that. I, w- was no fights or anything like that. Never cussed out anybody in the in the church or anything like that. But in my heart, I saw them as an obstacle to good. I saw instead of seeing them as a gift from God, I saw them as an opposition from the enemy, and and that they were they were you know, bearing a spirit of, 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 of the enemy instead of more of a a goodness of God, because they were not approving and accepting what, what I was wanting to do as a leader. And so we had that conflict and here I was fired. And, Mm. but that, that, that was my rock bottom moment and, and life and in ministry, but God is so used that to really reveal himself, put me on my back to where I had nothing, nowhere to go, but up at that point. And he was so faithful
0: so kevin i acknowledge you for sharing that story that's vulnerable bro Mm -hmm. for sure and uh but so relatable Mm -hmm. so relatable i mean how often and i look at my own life did i make others wrong because they were not lining up with my plans and schemes Mm -hmm. meanwhile i said i was doing what i was doing in the name of god But what was interesting is I never really took the time to get God's counsel on it and <laughs> make sure mm-hmm. what I was up to was really His will and not yeah. my own. Yeah. So yeah. So if I believe I'm doing God's work, anybody that comes against it will be the enemy to me, mm-hmm. for sure. And and so many people. I mean, I think you just like you just went right in and nailed uh, the the main issue in the church here. Mm-hmm. is we see other denominations at the en- as the enemy because they're not lining up with the way we see God's mm-hmm. kingdom and God's uh, the work we, we're we doing in it. Mm-hmm. Rather than lining with the Father, lining with Jesus who said, Father, may they all be one. Mm-hmm all on the same team, Father, and really getting clear, God, what are you up to in the world? Where are you already working, where you can use my hands and feet, rather than me go create some new work and then ask you to bless it, Mm. right? This is is such a thing that we all do. We're all up to different work, little projects for God. Mm -hmm. And we're little workaholics, we're religious workaholics. Mm -hmm. Um, And you could see, as you said through your story, Uh, how harmful that can be to ourselves and to others. So let me ask you this. How did you, what, what specifically, what was the lesson God taught you through that experience of the church that you had founded, the leadership you had put in place now fired you?
1: Mm -hmm. Hmm. So I have been crying out for those three years of planning that church is one of the most difficult jobs of my life, most rewarding, but very difficult. I've been crying out for the power of God. I've been crying out for the peace of God, but I wasn't pursuing the presence of God. And so what he taught me is that everything we need, guidance and provision is found in his presence. And that's the whole point. The whole point of the Catholic church is the presence of God. Protestant church, the the uh, the presence of God. The big C church globally, Christian, uh, the whole point is the presence of God. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. And someday we're going to be before the throne in heaven. And it's going to be a reality check for us if we're comfortable being in the presence of God, because we've been wearing the label as a Christian back on earth for decades. And and pursuing anything other than the presence of God, and all of a sudden eternity happens, and now the whole focus is the presence of God, and it's going to be such a, um, just just a awkward moment per, um, for us in the beginning if, if we don't begin to come to a place of being comfortable with the presence and pursuing the presence and saturated with the presence of God here on earth. That's how heaven comes to earth is When every believer individually just just begins to pursue God's presence for their guidance, their provision, everything that we need in life. And I was doing that, but wanting all of that, but not pursuing his presence. Once I made a commitment to pursue the presence of God, everything changed. Mm -hmm. I began to bear fruit. That I didn't have to strive to bear anymore. I, I I busted my butt, if I can say that, to plant this church, um, working uh tirelessly to build this church
0: in, reading your, own,
1: the, in your own power. Yeah, in your reading own the strength, passage. Yes. Unless the Lord builds the house, they who labor labor in vain. I was laboring in vain. And yet, once I began to pursue the presence, the 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 same opportunities I was dying to have, began to just land in my lap. Jesus said a very profound statement that I think I missed the majority of my walk with the Lord until until recently, and that was, come to me, all you who labor and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Where is rest in 2021 in the Christian experience? I mean, we experience anything other than rest one of the positive outcomes, I believe, if you'll just listen to to the believers in, uh, that that really are dwelling in the presence of God of the of the pandemic, is they have been forced by the Holy Spirit into a season of rest. You can't commute like you used to. Um, you y- yeah, there's a lot of negative about about um, the shutdown and restrictions and everything else, but but there have uh, there has been a God-imposed season of rest placed into our lives, And, and we can embrace that and be comfortable in that, or we can fight it because we're not hearing what Jesus said when he said, and I will give you rest. He could have said, I will give you a big paycheck. I will give you a big ministry. I will give you a global platform, but he said, I will give you rest, and that's that is something money can't buy. You can't go, you can buy a, sweet, a sleep number bed, but you can't buy rest. And so yeah, it, it, it's found so, in the presence of God. So, Kevin, I agree with
0: you, everything you just said. And you said that really well, really mm. well. Didn't he, BC Nation? I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. like the way he articulated that. I look at the pandemic, and I think the entire pandemic can be summed up in one Bible verse mm. Be still and know that I am God. Amen. Not Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's, this Mm -hmm. is what God is teaching us right now. He's saying, be still, like I literally am stopping the planet's rotation. Mm -hmm. All your little plans and schemes coming to a halt. Mm -hmm. Be still, and then know that I am God. Look at how powerless you are Mm -hmm. to the things you can't control, Mm. right? Mm-hmm. And th- and this is the lesson. This is the what, BC Nation. Most of us are asking, why? Why, God? Why this pandemic? Why did I lose my job? Why is my family struggling right now? Why mm-hmm. did you take you know, my loved one with COVID and illness? Why? why, 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 why? And as I say over and over again in the show, why questions are useless in the spiritual realm. They cause frustration and they're circular. They end up nowhere. Start asking what questions? What am I meant to learn from this, Lord? What are you teaching me? What are you showing me? What do you want me to do next? And I think this is the pandemic right here. Like you said Mm -hmm. it so well. Like God hit the brakes on the planet. Mm -hmm. Right. Be still. You Mm -hmm. won't do it on your own. I'm going to do it for you because I love you that much. I'm going to discipline you what does the Mm -hmm. Bible say, right? God disciplines the ones he loves. Mm -hmm. So he made us stop. Mm -hmm. Kevin, how did you make the transition into pursuing God's presence rather than his power or his peace? Because those are good Mm -hmm. things too. Mm -hmm. But what I'm learning from you is that they were out of order, The presence comes first. Pursue Mm -hmm. the presence of God and you'll get the other two. So how did you do it? Like, Walk us through the specific steps that BC Nation, as they're listening right now, someone listening, says, Oh my gosh, this is resonating, Kevin, what you're saying. I've been pursuing God's power. I've been pursuing God's platform. I've been pursuing God's peace, but I have Mm -hmm. not been pursuing God's presence. How do I do it, Kevin? Give me the steps.
1: Yeah. So one of the revelations that I really believe God has um, given. Uh, allowed me to to just see is seek first his kingdom. So often we think of kingdom as a fortress with a big barrier wall around it. Um, But Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. And every time he said it, he was standing in their presence. And so if we can understand that God's kingdom, anytime we read the word kingdom, what he's pointing to is his presence it's not about um a fortress building uh, with a with a big fence around it it's about the presence of god and and so seek first the kingdom everything else will be added that's a promise that he has given to us and so i was taken after i was fired 2 months later 8000 miles away to india and I'm in a thatch roof hut. There is no bulletins. There's no budget. There's no Bibles. I've come out of building church, and now I'm I'm just in this place where the whole focus is the presence of God, and yet there is nothing of the Western world that would identify it as church uh, except God would absolutely say they are more church than everything you were working so hard to build because they're getting to the point they are saturated in the presence back 20 years ago there was no 911 system so if a baby got a fever in a remote village of India those believers better pray or that baby's going to die. And so their whole lives revolved around the presence of God. And he answered their prayers. He worked miracles. The gospel spread even without budgets and bulletins and Bibles and everything that we would think church is identified with in the in the Western world. And it was so convicting on the plane ride back from India. I drew out Holy Spirit just led me to draw out a cross, and I I wrote everything that I had been pursuing, good things for God, influence, impact, and so forth, and then on the next page, I just wrote out another cross, and I just put the presence of God, and I, in my heart, just made a commitment that from that day forward, I would passionately pursue the presence of God, And, and I was committing to him teaching me. Moses said, Lord, Uh, teach me your ways that I might have favor with you and know you. And it was in my heart, sort of a similar prayer. If you'll teach me what pursuing your presence looks like and how to do it, then I'll follow. And he has done that. And that has really been um, the the purpose that I wake up every morning is to, is to pursue his presence. And I'm not a monk sitting on a pole uh, somewhere uh, set, you know that that has no reality to the world. Um, nothing wrong with that. Okay, if 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 God calls you to some type of extreme discipline, then by all means follow the Holy Spirit always. But but I I have I have been in leadership and busy with my family, um, an entrepreneur building businesses and nonprofits and different things. But it has all been as a result. Of pursuing his presence first, getting the guidance that comes out of his presence and taking the provisions that come out of his presence and and having what, what he has put into my hands, uh, which became a book. Uh, one of the things, w- there's been many things, but one is this book, Audacious Generosity. Um, 2019 in November, before the pandemic was even uh, a historical marker on the globe. God began to lead me to write. Just putting that desire to write, a call to write, a, a a sense of conviction to write, and and so I entered 2020 with a commitment to start writing in the first quarter. And then, as the shutdown happened, I just swirled in, and by May it was done. And and then it would by November it was published, and that was just. God guiding even before the pandemic happened, and it prepared me because I've been spending four to five months a year over in India at that point. And now all of a sudden, my life was going to change, and I didn't even know it. But God guided me to write, and and it began to make sense as the shutdown happened. And and now I've I've written my second book, and there's you know it's, I'm just trying to give some some example of, of what it looks like, Um, because sometimes we think pursuing the presence of God means you lose touch with reality. And I couldn't have more clarity today than, uh, I mean, I've, I've got more clarity today than I've ever had in my life. I'm not losing touch with reality. I'm more in touch with reality. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, one of the things that we talked about earlier was just conflict and unity and everything. After I, made that commitment to passionately pursue the presence of God, one of the pruning m- mindsets in my life is that came from John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. And God just pounded, I, I mean, for like five years, six years, seven years, all through building out with love from Jesus ministries that God loves people, period. I mean, this was not a five-minute download. This was years in the making. God just kept just marinating me in that one principle, God loves people. And so in 2020, when I was writing Audacious Generosity, talking about generosity, God really put the words uh, in my mind, you can't be a racist and be generous. Um, And it all came from that foundational time with the Lord of how God loves people and just trying to connect some of the dots there.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that. So walk us through specifically, right? Like God led you to passionately pursue his presence. What does my listener do? What does that actually look like? Like you're a business guy. Mm -hmm. What are the three steps, the five steps? Like what action do they take this week to stop pursuing God's power, his peace, his platform, right and start Mm -hmm. pursuing his presence what does that actually look like i can answer for myself because that's literally where my conversion happened my real conversion is when Mm -hmm. i spent an hour a day in silence with a journal and just asking god about my life and what i had been through and doing what i call holy hours Every Mm -hmm. single day in his presence, just sitting with him and listening Mm -hmm. and stop talking, Joseph, just listening. Mm -hmm. So that's my version of pursuing God's presence. And I did it for every day for eight months. And in Mm -hmm. that, God healed
1: everything in me. Right. Mm -hmm. So how did you do it? What's the Mm -hmm. steps? Mm -hmm. I love that. And listening prayer is definitely one powerful step that we can take. Uh, I'm very practical and I love baby steps because I feel like the church puts such high expectations on people that they never get started. And so I want to give just a very small baby step, read Psalm 23 every day for a month. Just go to Psalm 23 and just read it and look at what David was proclaiming, but you turn it into your Psalm. I love David, no disrespect, but let... Let this become your own declaration. So in my, I'm going to just show this to your, to your audience. I've got reminders set on my phone 8 a.m. every morning. Uh, I'm up usually by 6, but 8 a.m. if I haven't already, I'm going through this reminder and I've got Psalm 23 right there. And then I've got a declaration proclamation that I, that I read over my life um, every single day. Um, Go ahead and
0: read that declaration out loud for our listeners, please. Yeah.
1: Um, I am loved and chosen by my heavenly father. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. I expect generous favor and a bold demonstration of the spirit's power through me today. So that's just my own that I've written, but it came after months of reading Psalm 23 Like, if you could just begin every day with the Lord is my shepherd, you said earlier, be still and know that I am God. Well, the Lord is my shepherd. That's a great relational thing. Um, I have all that I need. I mean, like, you could just literally sit and just think and listen to the Spirit and not read any further. But eventually, it's only six verses. Go through all six, and what you'll see is just how there is provision and guidance, provision and guidance, provision and guidance uh, from the Lord. And it's very intimate and um, uh, loving care as, as God is our shepherd. Um, and it can be that simple, you know, like I don't want someone in the audience to think Great! I've got to rearrange my whole life. Find four hours from four thirty in the morning to eight thirty in the morning to be with the Lord. I get up at four thirty for three days, and I'm asleep by by four thirty three again. And now I'm a failure and all that. No, you don't. It's it's a presence that you begin to live in as a. a, a throughout your entire day. One of the one of the outcomes of the church shutting down in 2020, I believe, is God saying, "I want you to figure out how to get into my presence without going into a brick and mortar building." I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I serve even now at my church. I go at 7 a.m Sunday morning I'm there until after 1 p.m. I serve every single Sunday. Uh, I am all for brick and mortar building, but if your only time in God's presence is in the brick and mortar building, how are you going to survive on Wednesday morning? <laughs> I mean like the pandemic has taught us if you're not in the presence of God 24/7 you're you're going you're going down. I mean you just can't you just can't keep keep up anymore without that sense of being the reality of God with you, um, God with us. Awesome. So
0: BC Nation, we just delivered to you uh, two different ways to passionately pursue the presence of God. The Mm -hmm. first way Kevin introduced, which is the very simple baby step approach to remove any excuses from you um, that you're too busy, okay? So the way he set it up, just set up a simple reminder on your phone, on your smartphone that you have with you every day. You're definitely in your phone's presence 24 hours a day. You need to be in God's presence 24 hours a day. So bring him into that and just read Psalm 23 uh, every single day for the next 30 days, Okay. That's your challenge. That's your homework assignment, and read it out loud. I would add to it because when you speak God's word out loud, you speak it into creation. Mm -hmm. You speak it into his life, into your Mm -hmm. life. When you just read it, yes, you're learning, you're growing, but when you speak it, you co-create with the father, Mm -hmm. you co-create life into existence when you speak it out loud. Okay. That's very, very important distinction. And then for all you badasses out there, you spiritual workaholic types like myself, um, and you want the give me the the, the half marathon, give me the, the full marathon, the spiritual marathon, well, you may consider doing my approach. And I needed to rip off the Band-Aid in my life. So I mm. needed something more extreme. And it was a boot camp experience for me. So if you feel that way in your life, then you may not want to just start with the baby step. You want to may maybe you want to go all in. That is spend one hour a day. I call this my holy hour challenge. It's a 40 day challenge for the next 40 days. Block out the same time every single morning for one hour, 60 minutes, mm-hmm. not 59, not 58, not 15, mm-hmm. 60 minutes for God, which mm-hmm. is a pen and paper. And just ask him the things you've always want answers to. Just mm-hmm. ask him. And then uh-huh. write anything you hear, sense, feel or experience. Don't edit it, don't overthink it, don't analyze it, just write. Just record mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Afterwards, after the 60 minutes, your buzzer goes off, then go back and line it up with God's word, His scripture, see if there's any conflicts, make sure it is from Him, etc, right? But listen to God. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I did that for eight months. Because I was so broken. That's how broken I was. Most of you are not that broken. Okay. So so 40 days is a great challenge. A 40 day holy mm-hmm. hour challenge. I promise you, anyone that I have ever challenged with this, God has literally took over their life. Mm-hmm. Shifted their life. Every mm-hmm. single person. Mm-hmm. All the situations they were out of control in. They just couldn't get answers to. They didn't know why it wasn't working. They were depressed. They had addiction. You name it. Broken marriages, headed to the divorce, kids were disconnected. God took over and God healed them mm. because they put him first in their day, one hour a day. So there you go. You got the easy baby version, baby step, and you got the boot camp version. Mm-hmm. Take yeah. one action and passionately pursue God's presence in your life. That's the theme for this show. I love it. Kevin, Welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have wow. about three seconds to answer each. Don't okay. overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Yes. What's your favorite thing about God?
1: Um, he's a father. Yeah. What's your least favorite thing about, about God? God? Um, his ways are higher. <laughs> we conflict all the time because his ways are higher and I have yeah. to adjust up constantly.
0: Yeah, for sure. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life, which is part of being mm-hmm. human and broken. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally
1: or personally? Um, I I keep a backup plan as if I'm not sure uh, God's uh, spoke. I've heard God correctly, and so God's really been dealing with me to surrender my backup plan and to stop developing one, and that's a big step for me. That is a struggle at the moment. Wow,
0: thank you for that authenticity. BC nation, mm-hmm. do you have a backup plan just in case mm-hmm. God doesn't mm-hmm. come through for you? Mm-hmm. Say with that, bring that to him. Tell him about it. He already knows. Mm-hmm. Kevin, what
1: are you most afraid of? Oh, i um, most afraid of, um, n- not, not having a legacy whenever I die that, that my last breath will be my last impact. And yeah. I really believe God gives us opportunity to live beyond our heartbeats. If we, if we'll let him do that.
0: Amen. He lived beyond the grave. And Mm -hmm. he can let us as well. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year?
1: Oh, way too much time doing that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Sorry. Sorry. Um, Classic watching TV. Um, Okay, that's real.
0: What Maybe. secret fear do you have about people? Um, about, about people
1: that, um, that they prejudge before they, before they actually, um, know, know you, they've already got their minds made up.
0: Mm. Wouldn't it be great if people actually ask clarifying questions rather mm-hmm. than just come to false conclusions?
1: Yeah. Just entered pre-judge. every relationship with the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, for sure. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Oh, wow. Uh, to pursue his presence, yeah, that everything sure. that he, his greatest gift, he'll never give us a greater gift than his presence. And I yeah. wish I would have understood that long time ago,
0: long time ago. What's a new habit you want to create? A new habit.
1: Um, I, I really want to take um, the, the listening prayer and um, take God at his word. And and get to a place like I've had moments where I've, I've actually said, um, um, God, what would you want me to do right now? And he tells me. And then there's other times where I continue to just um, wait uh, for whatever reason. It's one of the last questions I get to instead of the, the first question. I'd like to get to where that's the first question where I just like, OK, God, now what you want me to do and, yeah. and say it again 30 seconds later.
0: It's awesome. It's a spiritual muscle that anyone can develop. Based on starting that habit, for sure. Uh, what's a bad habit you want to break?
1: Ooh, bad habit. Um, I, I mean, I think it goes back to having that backup plan. It's yeah. been a bad habit. Um, I, I look back and... Uh, God will tell me one thing to do and I'll create two or three others. Um, so I've been writing a business plan recently and that's, yeah. uh, I just took out the the two or three others that, that I had come up with that are great. As, yeah. a, not, as an entrepreneur, I've got all this creativity all the time, yeah. but, but nothing, nothing um, substitutes for God's guidance. Um, Amen and I that. have to, I have to discern between God's guidance and and my natural creativity
0: yeah, I would, I would almost call that an unholy habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, grandfather, uh, father, husband. Nice. Pick yeah. three words to describe who you were before you fully went in, rock bottom, gave it all to God, started passionately pursuing his presence.
1: Um, driven, uh, workaholic, um, uh, abusive Mm. i would say that i was abusive
0: got it and last question if you could come back to life after you died look Mm -hmm. your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything what would you say to them
1: Uh, get comfortable with the presence of god because that's where you're going to be spending eternity (laughs)
0: preach (laughs) any final wisdom what's the one thing you want my listener to know about passionately
1: pursuing the presence of god Uh, You've said it. I just want to reinforce it. God gave us two ears and one mouth. And so, so often we approach God with our one mouth and yet we should be spending two times as much time in prayer uh, as we do speaking. We should be spending two times as much listening as we do speaking.
0: Amen to that.
1: Amen to that.
0: All right. And what is the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you? Go find your book.
1: What do you Mm -hmm. got for them? Kevinwhite.us. It's all right there. Kevinwhite.us. Let me know how I can help you.
0: Fantastic. And BC Nation, I just put this out for you. If you need help with that 40 day holy hour challenge and you need some additional coaching and accountability in your spiritual walk, in your relationship with God, but not just in your relationship with God, maybe you got some broken relationships in your family with your spouse or with your kids or with your parents, and you just, Can't forgive. You just don't know how to get there. If you want God to heal those relationships in a very powerful way, I have a 97% success rate in my coaching program. It's called Blow Up Rocks. Mm -hmm. You can find that and schedule a call with me at blowuprocks.com. And literally, we're going to have God come in in his power, his strength to blow up those rocks, those lies, those limiting beliefs that are stuck in your head that are keeping you from doing the very thing you know God wants you to do. So if you want that freedom and you want to get unstuck, go to blowuprocks.com and we'll go ahead and apply. We'll see if I'm the right guy for you. All right, Kevin White, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. to see if you're ready are you ready to do what it takes some people try to come to me but they're not ready to be coachable they're not ready to get rid of the problems again if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them go to josephwarren.net and let's see if i'm your guy